0: Log Talk Radio.
1: All right, fans. Here we go. Four two-minute rounds of boxing scheduled. Women in the ring. two-minute round, your hooks and jabs look at female boxing. This is episode number 110. We want to thank everybody that's with us now listening or listening later on a deferred uh, recording of it. Today we have a special um, guest. She's going to be fighting tomorrow. She weighed in earlier today to take on veteran Heather Hardy, and that is Montreal, Canada's Jessica the Cobra Camara who is going to be in the main event tomorrow from Tennessee and on the UFC Fight Pass. And we're going to thank her when she gets on, but it's pretty uh, – I don't know, David. Well, let me introduce the rest of the of the cast here. Lupi Gutierrez from Northern California. With us. Lupi, how are you doing tonight? I'm
0: doing good. Hi, everybody. Hi, David.
1: And, as Hi, always, Lupi. the godfather of female boxing in all over the world, Mr. David Avila. David, how are you doing? <laughs>
2: I'm doing okay. <laughs>
1: David, I mean, I'm asking David, but Lupi might know as well, um David, do you remember a time that we've had a guest on the show that's actually called in the night before, you know, after weighing in? I can't recall
2: no, I think she's the first to tell you the truth, yeah,
1: yeah, so that's kind of cool, um, so that's what we're gonna be having um. Later on today, Jessica, the Calbra camera, who, Camara. I don't know how to pronounce it, Lupia, You might be able to help me with that. Camara. Who? Camara. Who is taking on Heather Hardy, who has not seen action in a couple of years? Actually, we had Heather Hardy on our last show, episode 109, on a recorded interview. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that one, you can do so on the uh, archives of blocktalkradio.com forward slash the two minute round. And before we get Miss Camara on the line here. We're going to go ahead and touch on the only fight in our review that kind of was a big fight, and that was the Katie Taylor, Katie Taylor unanimous decision over Natasha Jones for the 135 crown. Obviously, as we all know, Katie Taylor, who is ranked number one by ESPN, and I think the Ring Magazine as well, the number one female pound for pound. Her and Clarissa Shields have been going back and forth, and right now Taylor is on top. She is the WBC, WBA, IBF, WBO, and the Ring Magazine 135-pound champion. It was a very, very close fight with scores of 96-94 and 96-95 two times, so basically a one-point difference there. David, what did you see in the fight, and did you see it as close as the judges did?
2: Uh, no, actually, I thought uh, Katie won not easy, but she... Uh comfortably Uh, she's just learning so many more skills she's learning how to fight as a pro more every day every time i see her she just adds another layer to her fight game and i'm i'm really impressed because i remember when she first burst on the scene i just thought she was super athletic but she had no fighting skills you know to me for a professional but every time she just gets better and better and uh, I see her now, and I, I always see a, a different wrinkle to her game. And I thought she 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 beat Natasha not badly, but she she did defeat her. But she, it was the middle rounds that Natasha started giving her trouble. But then uh, Katie closed it out.
1: Now, Lupi, did you see the same, or did you see a little, something a little bit different? Um, uh, I yeah, I
0: mean, I saw Katie won, but I thought um. She gave Katie a really good fight. I like the toe-to-toe action. Um, I also, I think um, different social media and different um, bloggers, I think they kind of underestimated um, Natasha, and maybe they didn't know she was, you know, an Olympian, and they, they didn't. She, I mean, they had it wrong, and I think they were pleasantly surprised because I was watching all the comments. I, in fact, one of the bigger bloggers apologized to Natasha. Then WrestleMania, I thought it was great. It was a nice action-packed fight, and I, I think it's great when Katie gets um, fights like that. I, I'm sure she enjoys fights like that, where she doesn't, you know, she has to work. But David's right; she shows something new every time. I mean, she's still growing as a fighter.
1: Now, one question that I have, and I'll start off with with you, Loopy. This is a second fight in a row that we see from Natasha Jones where she comes up a little bit short in a world title fight. The first one was the one right before this one when she fought Terry Harper, the WBC super featherweight champion, and it fought to a draw. Obviously, we know the rules of boxing that when there's a draw in a world title fight, the champion gets to retain their title. They basically defend their title because they didn't lose, they didn't win, but they didn't lose. And now this one, where it was a very, very close fight at 96-94, 96-95, two times. Um, do you think, Loopy? and the question is for you first, and then we'll go to David. Do you think that Natasha Jones is that kind of fighter where she's really, really good and she could beat everybody in the division except the world champions? And we've seen them in the male side, too, but we're talking about Natasha Jones. Um,
0: you know, I, she did lose to Katie Taylor. I mean, what, did she lose to Terry Harper? Um, I actually thought she... See, it is hard because when you're fighting the champion, you've got to do something, you got to knock her out or you've got to do something big. And she didn't do it with Terry Harper, although she really took it to Terry Harper. I mean, I and you look at the draw, and sometimes when you see that draw, you think, okay, they gave her a draw because Natasha Jonas actually won and they can't give it to her or don't want to give it to her. That could be.
1: David, what do you think? Do you think Natasha Jones is, you know, that really good, like she could beat everybody except the world champs, or do you think she just got in a raw deal in these two fights? Uh, I,
2: I agree with, uh, with Loopy about the uh, Terry Harper fight. I thought she actually won that fight. Um, it was close, but I thought she won. I think uh, her style, it's a little conservative, and that's why I I've, I've felt that Katie was going to win the fight because she's busier. It's just a numbers game. But the, the other factor that could make a difference is if they fought three-minute rounds. I think if they fought three-minute rounds, that would really enable uh, Natasha to, to use what she does best is, you know, her timing. She has very good timing.
1: Uh, now, the other question, David, is is regarding, we'll start with David Loopy. starting off with Katie Taylor. You know, we saw her two fights against Delphine Persoon, who is a fighter. I think she's a southpaw as well. Is she a southpaw, uh, Loopy? Delphine Persoon. Delphine. I think she is. Right? Yeah.
2: No, I don't think
3: so. No, I don't think so.
2: I let me let me check.
1: But we've seen the two two type of fighters that come forward that throw a lot of punches, kind of give, and they're good fighters because. You know, Natasha Jones is a really good fighter. She has a really good pedigree. And Delphine Persoon, uh, she was a former world champion, who also had a really good pedigree.
0: She's (laughs) orthodox.
1: She's orthodox. Okay, she's orthodox. But we saw that they they gave Katie Taylor fits. Do you think that there's maybe a, a, a a blueprint now of how to beat Katie Taylor? David?
2: Well, uh, I think um, I think that the blueprint was set actually years ago with Jessica McCaskill. I, 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 Jessica mm. didn't have the skills she has now. I think if they fight again, it would be a very close fight. And I think Delphine Pursuit really put a stamp on it saying, you just got to keep her busy. You can't let her get off on you because Katie has, you know, she's got that speed, and if you allow her to use her speed, that's her weapon, but if you're right there and, and trading with her, then that speed is kind of nullified.
1: What do you think about Luca? Do you think, it, do you think that there's a blueprint, or that that, that it was be, before Delphine Pursuit and it was Jessica McCaskill? Yeah, I
0: mean, is there a blueprint? I mean, if we're going to look at those fighters, yeah, then then the blueprint is the brawl, the brawler. Um, but hmm. that doesn't. I mean, it gives Katie, gosh, okay, so now if we go back to the first fight, did, that's what, people are going to argue on that. Did Katie win that fight with Delphine? Uh, and then the second one, Katie won the fight with Delphine. So, So is there a blueprint?
1: Well, I mean, true.
2: <laughs>
1: Do we feel that Natasha Jones fought the same way as um, Delphine and Jessica McCaskill did I mean I think that Jessica McCaskill and Delphine Pursun have the same type of style which is not too technical it's very mm-hmm. raw but it's just come forward throwing a lot of punches very strong whereas Natasha Jones has a lot more technicality and more pedigree yeah. than the two other fighters so it was it the same type of style David that they did or do you think it was Natasha Jones did perhaps more than the other two fighters can do as, well, as far as boxing concern. and not brawling?
2: Uh, well, Natasha, I, 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 yeah, she definitely likes to do a, um, show off her skills, but she she's kind of conservative, and that kind of plays into Katie's game, because Katie throws a lot of punches and uses her speed, and that's something Natasha doesn't really do. She doesn't throw a lot of punches. She tries to counter in time, and uh, that's okay, but you better get a knockdown to get those points uh, mm-hmm. because otherwise uh, Katie's just going to outpoint point her every round.
1: Now, just to go on the record, I did see the fight. I believe the 96-94 is fair. Um, I think that's, that Natasha Jones was able to close some of the rounds in the in the second half of the fight, but Mm -hmm. I don't see any controversy with K Taylor taking the win. 96-95, I mean, that's kind of strange to me. And there was no knockdowns. So to me, it seems like they got to that 96-95 twice by giving some 10-10 rounds. And that, to me, in a championship fight, it's it's not acceptable. If you're a judge and you're a, a professional boxing judge who is judging a world title fight and you should have experience you have – there's four different criteria to judge a a boxing round. So if you can't decide to give somebody a round and not give a 10-10 in a championship fight, then, you know, I don't think you should be sitting in that chair. So to have 96-95 twice, I don't think that's fair. But, you know, it probably would have been 96-94, which is six rounds to four three times. But two of the judges couldn't decide on, on one of the rounds, it seems like and they ended up giving 10-10, and that's why you got to that 96-95 without any knockdowns. Um, we're waiting for Miss Jessica the Cobra Kamara to call in from Tennessee. She's going to be our guest tonight, a very special guest, because she is ready and willing to take on Heather Hardy tomorrow in the main event of the UFC uh, Past all, well, technically mostly women, uh, fight card. I think all the fights that are going to be televised on the UFC Fight Pass are female fights, so waiting for her to call in. She should be calling any minute, but before we go to that, let's touch a little bit of the gist of the uh, fight chatter, where in a, in a very bad news so far, um, last well, and hopefully it could be good news later this year, but as it ran out it's bad news because last week it was announced, current WBC Super Featherweight champion Terry Harper of England withdrew from her pending unification fight against South Korea's Hyun Min Choi who is the WBA champion at 130 due to re-breaking her right hand. She actually broke her right hand in her last fight and the new injury happened in her last sparring session for the fight that was scheduled this Saturday night in Manchester, England. So Terry Harper um, very uh, disappointed with uh, what happened with her hand and she hopes that the fight could be rescheduled for later this year. I don't know if you, if our listeners have had the chance. I know that Lupe did. I think David did as well, seeing the, the x-rays of that right hand and that break, and one finger, like, completely broke. Like, it just broke in half, practically, the, the finger, the bone. Yeah. And she re-injured it the same way. And she actually, I think it was either today or yesterday, she posted... Uh, the fix, they wired it up, or they did something. And obviously, she's in the cast. But you know, she mentioned in her statement uh, announcing her withdrawal of the fight that her and her team have worked very hard and tried to come back in a in a safe and deliberate way that she wouldn't re injured it. And just as luck would have it, the 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 injury happened in her last sparring session. Uh, prior to the fight which was uh, I think it should have been last last weekend or last Friday that just passed that's usually when fighters have their last sparring session so we would have to see how long she would have to stay out, uh, out of a commission and out of the gym and I would expect that she would stay out longer than she did last time because obviously by even as careful as her and her team were it wasn't fully healed because she rebroke it, David.
2: Yeah, the has, has their – I mean, that's that's everything for a boxer, so I would actually take a year, not wow. not yeah. several months. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. At least they
0: nine say, months to
2: a year. Wow. Yeah, they
1: say that one of the worst injuries that you could have as a boxer, and the one that takes the longest – and this is me just speculating because I'm not a doctor or a boxer or I never had this type of injury, but the ones that I've heard that can take the longest – and it's it's uh, it, it never fully heals, according to people that have suffered it. Is breaking a uh, a rib, that it takes a long time for you to feel healed again, and that um, sometimes it never feels uh, that it's ever healed, and you all you always feel like some kind of pain there. But uh, we'll see what ha- we'll see what happens with Terry Harper. That is a very anticipated fight. Not only her fight against Korea's uh, South Korea's Hyun Min Choi. But just a whole little tournament that could happen, as we have spoken to about it yeah. here uh, various times, is that, you know, matchroom boxing, Eddie Hearn controls, you know, or not controls, but uh, you promote the WBC champion, who is Terry Harper, the WBA champion, who is Hume Ming Choi, and the IBF champion, who is Maiva Hamadouche of France, and... We're expecting for this fight to happen, and then the winner take on Amaiwa Hamadouche, and then at the end take on the other champion, who is the WBO uh, champion, Mike Mikaela Mayer, who is promoted by Top Rank. Well, now this has put a, 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 tam- a damper in that whole plan, unless... And, and we have our guest on, but before we go to the guest real quick, uh, David, do you think that Eddie Hearn will put Hume Choi against Amaiwa Hamadouche, Um, prior to the Terry Harper and just go on with the tournament? Or do you think that he's going to wait and just go in the order that he was planning on going?
2: That's a good question. I mean, actually, if I was in his shoes, I probably would continue with it and and actually have Choi fight uh, Hamadou, if she's willing to fight.
1: What do you think, uh, uh, um, Lupi? I don't
0: know what he's going to do. I mean, he really that's, it seems like that's his favorite, so he's going to do whatever he's going to put her first. You know what? God, I I can't remember the name. Do you guys remember seeing a tweet in the last few days about it was a rumor for uh opponent for him and Choi?
1: Uh Let's I think, I, think I did there. see I think I did see some kind of a name that they put it out there quite but I don't remember yeah. who it
2: was. Yeah. I, and you know, know I
0: mean, was. human Choi has been in California, and she's been working hard. I mean, I've been watching her on her social media. She's been with working with amateurs and and some pros. So, you know, it it sucks because that's another fight that we all wanted to see. I you mean, know, we just want to, that whole division is just exciting. We want to see it. But I mean, his favorite is Harper, so he's gonna do right by her, I guess.
1: Yeah, there you go. I'll well, go. uh before, before we go on with go the ahead. rest of our side chatter, which is gonna be a little bit later on, on our line now we have all the way from Tennessee oh. is tomorrow's main event fighter, Miss Jessica the Cobra Camaro. Let me put her on. Hello, Jessica.
3: Hey guys. Hey Hey Can you hear me? How you doing? <laughs> I'm good. How are you guys doing?
1: Good. Thank you. Well, thank you for being here on the two-minute round, your hooks and jazz look at female boxing. My name is Felipe Leon. With us on the line as well is Ms. Lupe Gutierrez and Mr. David Avila. Since this is the first time you're with us, Jessica, we want to thank you for taking the time after your weigh-in and before your fight tomorrow. Um, um, just to let you know, we're gonna David's going to start the interview, then he's going to pass it on to Lupe, and then I'm going to close it out at, at the end of the interview. So with that said, go ahead, David.
2: Jessica, welcome and thank you very much for for calling in. So how are you doing today? Thank
3: you for having me. I'm doing good. I just uh did my weigh in. I got fueled up and now I'm just relaxing in my hotel room.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so so Jessica, you started late in boxing. Tell us how you how you started uh, in the boxing scene.
3: Um, I actually started when I was when I was nineteen. How it all started, um i'm gonna i'm gonna go back um when i well when i was growing up i i um i didn't really have much of a relationship with my mother and I was brought up a lot with uh by my my godmother which is my dad's my dad's sister and um she was more of like a mother figure to me um didn't really have a good relationship at home uh, my mom was really abusive when I grew up and um when i was at um, 16, my grandmother was diagnosed with cancer, and um, she didn't really have much time to live. So going through all that, <clears throat> I started to experience a lot of anger, um, just a lot of emotion that I just bottled up and a lot of anger, um, and I actually got into a big fight in high school. That got me expelled and got me charged as a youth. Um and shortly after that, my grandmother had had passed. And going through that that time, I had to really find myself and pick myself up. And you know, I told myself, you know, I gotta, I'm on my own now, okay. and I gotta, I gotta fight to make myself, to make myself get up and find my way to back, go back into school. And I had to find like a meaning in my life. So I just started to set goals for myself, made my way back into school. I had to go through court procedures for um, the charge that was filed against me, um, and this all happened when I was I was still a youth. I was well, 17, going through all that, and I went back to school. I got um, I was I got like really good grades. I was like straight A student, and then after after high school, I decided, you know, I want to I want to go to college, and I knew I wanted to help people, especially children that were in my same situation that got into trouble and I wanted to help them. So I thought, you know, what about policing? So I applied for policing and one thing that really treated me with policing was the whole fitness aspect of it. Um, I I was always really inspired by boxing, especially women's boxing. Whenever I'd watch a woman fight, I would always get really inspired by them and especially the movie million dollar baby. It really inspired me. Um, so I applied, I got in, and I decided okay, I need to get in shape. So I tried to go for a run around the track, and I could barely, I couldn't finish a lap without gasping out. So I just dedicated my time to just keep trying every day. You know, I would go to that same track every day, and I would just do a little. I would do a little more day by day, and um, I became the best female athlete in that program, actually. When I graduated, I got an award, but before before that, during during that whole time, I was introduced to a boxing gym. Um, I went there just to try a fitness class, and it was just like, I immediately fell in love with it. Um, I was just like, this is for me, and it was just, I went every day. I came early. I was the last one to leave. I worked really hard, and I was definitely not so, a natural what, at all, but I just started working at that was in Kitchener, Ontario, in Canada. okay. Yeah, so that's where it all started, really. So it, when I started actually um, competing, I was
2: 19 years old. And and when you first put on the gloves and somebody hit you, what did you think?
3: <laughs> the funny thing is when I first had my first sparring session, I turned my back. I didn't know what to do. I was trying to avoid <laughs> the punches, and I turned my back. <laughs> But I, I just kept learning. I was I wasn't natural, like I said. Like everything took a lot for me to learn. Even slipping. like I would just, it was hard for me to learn. I had to just put in overtime, coming early, and I would just practice flipping. It took me just six months just to get it down, but I got it. Um, and when I when I was I had a I was obsessed with getting in there with the the more competitive, more experienced people, and I loved to get hit. I was like, you know, I love to just get hit and see how much I could be able to take. <laughs> that was kind of like a downfall. The culture hated that about me, you know. But I, um, I love getting hit, and that, that actually it ignited something inside of me. I love to. I went once I got hit, I got angry and I, 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 I came to fight even more.
2: <laughs> how, how would you describe your fighting style?
3: Ah, uh, I, like, I I would say you know I'm an aggressive fighter. Um, I like to throw counter punches. I like to go to the body, like head body combinations. But I like to I like to press forward. But I can also box. It, it also it depends on who who I'm fighting. You know I can adjust can like make adjustments. But that's generally how I like to fight.
2: I like to, and I I like to go that,
3: hunting.
0: <laughs>
2: I noticed on your record you you haven't fought anybody easy. Everybody that you fought basically yeah. had a. A winning record. Uh, who was your toughest and why?
3: Um, well, my, my fight with, I wouldn't say it was tough. But well, it was, it was tough just the, the fact that, you know, I had to go through that injury. And fighting 10 rounds with an injury, that was probably a big a big challenge. Um, oh, you had an injury? Um, what time? I would say that. Um, so I, we clashed heads in the first round and I had a huge hematoma on my head. So I fought 10 oh. rounds, with a hematoma on my head. And uh, prior to that, I had only fought six rounds. So it was my, that was my first 10 rounder. It was, it was a title fight. And yes, I had to fight 10 rounds with an injured head.
2: So that was
3: probably the the toughest one. That was my last fight. <laughs>
2: I also noticed that you fought as high as a super of weight, and now you're dropping yeah. all the way down to one thirty five What's your most comfortable weight class
3: um one thirty five I feel good and I feel like I could actually come down to one thirty so we'll see what happens from there. I feel good at one thirty five but i'm I, I was like walking around at one between one thirty seven to one forty the whole camp, so I wasn't Far away from 135, so making 130, I don't think is an issue for me. But you know, let's just see what happens and what fights come. What, what fights? What opportunities come at you? And,
2: and now you, you live in Montreal, now. Hmm. I live in Montreal. The- I uh, I was born what in, what's in the Oh, okay. What's the boxing okay.
3: there? Uh, yeah,
2: like in Montreal.
3: Um, in all of Canada, Montreal is like the, it's the most active for boxing. Right now, in all of Canada, there's not much happening. Like, you don't have a lot of shows. It's it's, it's crazy because I, like when I when I left Montreal, the Montreal airport was dead. Like there's nothing really happening there. Everything is it was still pretty much in lockdown there. When I as soon as I got I connected to Charlotte, the airport was packed. And I'm I, here in Tennessee. It just seems like everyone is just living in a,
2: a different world. Yeah. Is your family originally from Canada? Look, did we lose her? uh I'm not sure. I, think I think we lost
1: it. her i think we lost her so we're gonna wait for her to call back in hopefully uh miss camara is listening to uh well she could get called back in because it looks like she dropped there she is there she is
3: sorry i'm here i got disconnected yeah
1: we yeah, yeah <laughs> you dropped it a bit. go ahead david
2: uh uh jessica is your family originally from canada
3: no my family is from portugal actually um oh. they had me basically been like a year living in canada and now was kind of like their their way of getting <laughs> of staying into canada <laughs> so I'm, I'm the only canadian baby in the family
2: ah interesting so what do they think about you <laughs> boxing
3: uh when growing up i was never allowed to play sports because they didn't think that females so when i got old enough i decided i was gonna uh be a boxer and they weren't too happy about it at first but now that they see me you know, what i'm doing in the pros they you know they're proud of me
2: and what do you think about your your fight against uh heather i mean you're fighting a, a former world champion uh how does it make you feel knowing you're going up against a world champion uh it feels great
3: i don't know how i, I explain the feeling um i actually when I first started <clears throat> um like in the amateurs, I actually looked up to Heather as like um uh, a role model, you know that she actually inspired me, and I loved you know what she what she was doing for pro in boxing um and to step in the ring with her and somebody at that level it feels great, and it just feels like I feel like i'm I'm at that place, you know, I'm at that caliber to fight those type of females in the high caliber.
2: Yeah, this is a great fight for you. Really good opportunity for the world to see you, too, fighting on UFC Fight Pass. Uh, uh, Jessica, I'm going to pass you on to Lupi. I know she has a lot of questions for you. So okay. thank you very much, Jessica. Thank you. Hey, Jessica.
0: Hey, Lupi. <laughs> hey, con- congratulations on being on the card and, and everything Thank else. you.
3: Thank you. I feel hey, blessed. So-
0: yeah, it really is. It's a huge opportunity. So how was the overall feeling at the weigh in? And what was it like to look in and you said Heather Hardy was your role model growing up. How how was it to look into the eyes of Heather Hardy?
3: Honestly, like going into the the going before the weigh in. I was wondering like how would it feel? But honestly didn't feel indifferent than looking into any other eyes. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't feel intimidated. I just felt confident. You know, I just know what what it is I have to do come tomorrow night, mm-hmm. and that's, that's what I do. I didn't I didn't feel nervous? I felt calm. She didn't intimidate me. She just seemed like another person standing in front of me.
0: Yeah, you know what? That's a great way to uh, to look at it. You know, I'm, I didn't <laughs> ask you what's your what do you want for your next big fight, but tomorrow is the biggest fight. So what do you yes. expect? We're going to be in there with one of the baddest fighters out there. So what do you expect?
3: I expect it to be a war. I don't expect it to be an easy fight. I know that Heather can take a punch. I feel like I'm going to be the stronger fighter going in there, and I feel like that's going to be a big test for her coming up in weight. And she's going up against a heavy puncher. Um, I... I expect her to take a lot of my punishment, but I expect me getting the best of her and um, hurting her to the body from the beginning and gassing her out. That's what I expect.
0: <laughs> you know, I I peeked at your um, your social media, and I, I saw a few of your friends telling you <laughs> telling you, "Hey, you got to watch Heather Sulita fight. You got to look at her first MMA fight."
3: Did you? Yeah, I did. I did. Um, I do see a lot of a lot of flaws, and I know like, um, when she when she um, when she gets pushed back, she doesn't really know how to fight. She can't fight when you push her back. So that is part of our game plan is you know to be aggressive and be an aggressive boxer and push her back and make her feel my strength. Yeah. So speaking of weigh-ins, what's your favorite weigh-in? And tell us
0: why it was your favorite weigh-in.
3: My favorite weigh-in? Do you have a favorite? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question. I got got an answer for you. My favorite weigh-in was my second pro fight with Erica La Negra Hernandez, which is now my wife.
0: (laughs) That's what I was getting at. You know, so looking back then when you're staring each other down, I mean, what were you thinking? Like, you know what I mean? Did you know? (laughs) Did you not?
3: Did you like I'm just going to go in there and fight? Yeah, well, I didn't. Like, we just went in there with that intention. And then when we had that face-to-face, it was was a weird feeling. Because it was like, she was looking at me and I was looking at her. And it was kind of like, there was just a connection. So it was like, she knew that there was something. I knew that there was something. So I went back to my corner and I was like, I think she wants me. I think I said I uh, want to. And somebody in my corner was actually like, "No, like they they didn't think like you know she she swung that way," so like no. And then he was like, "I'm gonna get her number after the fight." I'm like, "No, no, no." <laughs> and then they, she actually went to the corner and was saying the same thing.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! And the rest is history.
3: <laughs> but we were focused on the fight, right? Like, um, uh. We did our job, and then after the fight, I I had contacted her, and that's kind of how it all it all started. <laughs> so how
0: was that fight? That was your second fight.
3: Um, Yeah. Who, who won that fight? I won by decision.
0: Okay. So she was actually
3: she was actually five and zero. No. Mm-hmm. She was actually five oh, five and zero the fight, and I was uh that was my second fight coming off an injury in my pro had Broke my hand. And then, yeah, we, we never took easy fights. we always wanted to you know challenge ourselves, and yeah, you know, fight hey, so you broke yeah. you broke your hand, and we
0: know that Terry Harper broke her hand, and she has to her fight was postponed how long uh,
3: how much time did you
0: take to heal up before you got back in?
3: I fought in end of March, that's when I broke my hand, mm-hmm. and then I was back in the ring end of October okay, yeah. Yeah, see, so not it's occur. not just her, you guys want to get right back in there, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, I I went in there as soon as I could, you know, I had to, I had to have surgery, I had a cast on, and then after I took my cast off, I had to rehabilitate my hand, like, I couldn't even close my hand when I took the cast off, so I had to slowly close it, and gain strength in that hand, and then be able to slowly punch with it, and then once I was able to get you know, my full impact on my punch, and then I started to spar and prepare, and then that's when I knew Mm -hmm. I was ready. Hmm.
0: You know, uh, you were talking about your last fight um, with Melissa, or that being one of your toughest fights, but she's one of your, um, I mean, you're part of this big stable of female fighters, you know? I mean, are you guys, I know you're from all over the place, are you guys close, are you guys friends? I mean, what did it feel like to fight one of your uh, teammates?
3: I actually signed with Brian after that fight. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, it was right after that fight. (laughs) Yep, right after that fight, I signed with um, Team Empire. Mm -hmm.
0: So how does it feel to be part of that that stable? I mean, that's just a lot of –
3: there's a lot of females on that, you know. Yeah, it it feels great. Um, Brian is (laughs) the right guy to be with. Um, He knows what he's doing. I definitely feel like he's going to take me he's going to he's going to take me to my goals, which is to be a world champion. And it all starts with tomorrow night. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
0: you're right because women boxing has been on fire and it has been for quite some time now. I mean we've seen the Clarissa Seals card and then recently there was a card in the UK, all female, and now the Debella card, which you're a part of and the main event. I mean, like you said, you're yeah. blocked,
3: right? Yeah. This is the biggest biggest moment of my career, and I'm, embr- I'm embracing it. And he, yeah, and Brian was able to give that to you when,
0: I mean, in a short amount of time. So you must feel really, yeah.
3: like, no wonder yeah. you feel confident with him. Yeah, I do. Like, it's a, like Brian's the one that, that got this fight. So I know he, he, he knows what he's doing, you know, he knows how to set up the right fights. Like, this, I feel, is a perfect matchup for me, and you know, was, that's all on Brian.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's great. You know, you said a little bit about your background, about your mom, um, you know, and that must have been rough, you know, as, as, uh, as the main female in your life, right? And so do you have any young girls in your life, nieces, or any kids that you mentor or try to inspire by your own actions? Any little ones at the gym or or the, who yeah. do you
3: have in your life that's, that's looking at I do me. have, I do have nieces that really look up to me a lot. And um, actually, my niece started up in, both of my nieces, actually. My my one niece uh, started up in martial arts. She really looked up to me in fighting. And then my other niece um, started to do boxing just to get shape and lose weight. And they look up to me. But other than that, I love working with kids in the gym. You know, I love, you know, getting them... In there and just seeing them really shy and low self-esteem, low confidence, and then just change them. You know, love to see the spark in their eye. The, like the mm-hmm. whole character change. I love and it. they're probably all excited
0: that you're going to be on USB Fight Pass.
3: Yeah, they are. <laughs> they are. That's
0: great. Hey, Jessica, I don't want to keep you too much longer because, uh, hey, you got stuff to do. <laughs> but it was great talking to you, and I can't wait to watch tomorrow. And then we'll
1: talk Thank after. you so much. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you, Lupe. Jessica, I've got a couple of questions like Lupi says, you know, you gotta get some rest, you gotta get ready for tomorrow and it's a little bit later out there in Tennessee that's out here in California. So fairly quickly Thank here, you. you mentioned that when you were younger and before you got into boxing you had some anger issues and um you know, you got in that fight in high school and all that. So how did boxing help you Get over those anger anger issues. When you know the main goal in boxing is actually punching people, and the one thing that we learn in boxing is that you shouldn't fight mad or with a lot of emotion because that gets in the way. So how did boxing help you deal with that anger issues that you were having when you were younger?
3: Um, well, it just helped me release that all that energy because when I was when I had anger issues at home, and I, you know, my parents were never they never let me play sports so i was never active and physical activities is is one of the biggest ways to you know to release that energy i would come home sometimes and punch holes in the walls like i just i didn't know how to release that that anger inside of me so i would just do things like that so going in the gym it was and hitting the bag you know is just a, a big release so i don't fight anger like angrily i i don't spar in feeling anger just being in the gym, it just releases all of that. It's just a stress reliever for me. Now, you
1: grew, you were born in Canada. You grew up in Canada. So while you were coming up, you started boxing in nineteen, and you were coming up in I don't know how many amateur fights did you have?
3: I only had thirty fights. Amateur. Three
1: amateur fights. So when you were coming up in the gym, routine, who did you look up to as far as female fighters out of Canada? Obviously, the biggest name to come out of Canada is Jelena Muranovich, But were you aware of her, or was there other female fighters that you kind of looked up to uh, while you were uh, before you turned pro?
3: Um, when Well, when I first started, I was uh, in Kitchener, which is a small town. So I wasn't really aware of, like, the big scene. Um, but there was one female fighter who had was uh she had a lot of she was more experienced in the amateurs than me when I first started which is Natasha Spence and when I had a few amateur fights she then turned pro so she was somebody that I actually looked up to she coached too when I first started so she's somebody I looked up to when I first started
1: now you mentioned that that you know you kind of have the strategy you 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 share the strategy with us uh, how you're gonna fight heather hardy who we all know is a veteran, she has a ton of fights. She's fought, she's been a world champion, and she has a lot more experience than you, not only in boxing but in combat sports because she's fought MMA, you know, a, a few times. And looking at your record, you don't have any knockouts. Do you think that your biggest advantage to her? And she mentioned to a to it, she mentioned it to us last uh, on our last show. We had her on uh, on a recorded interview that. You know, this is more of a natural weight for you than her. You're the bigger person, so you think the bigger fighter. Do you think that's the biggest advantage that you have is your size, and that you may score a, your first knockout against Heather Hardy, which would be a huge feather in your cap?
3: Size, I think it's I think it's the strength. Um, I think it's the strength of my punch. Um, because she's she's fought in that 120 122, so the strength and the punches that she's feeling from females and that weight class is different from, from my strength. I don't, I honestly, I expect it to go the distance because I know Heather has heart and she's, she's known for that. You know, she, she goes right to the end. So I'm expecting it to go the distance and I'm not expecting it to be an easy fight. I'm going to have to fight each round and I'm going to have to make a statement each round.
1: My last question has to do with the way you met your wife, which is very interesting. I mean, there's been other – it's actually the other (laughs) fighter off the top of my head, the other couple that actually I think fought each other. And I I think David and Lupi can correct me if I'm wrong, is Christy Martin and her wife, who I think fought each other and then got together. But they got together years later. Yeah, I think – Oh, really? They got – Yeah, they got together years and years later. I mean, not right after the fight or or in a very short – I follow you on social media, so I see the pictures of your wedding and everything, and that was awesome. Um, (laughs) But my question is, so you're in the fight, and you go back to your corner, and you say, you know what, I think there's something going on. There's a little chemistry between us, which is a very strange place to feel that chemistry, you know, when you're trying to punch each other. So did you – did you kind of pull back, or did you feel that she pulled back maybe in the fight, or did you say, hey, you know what, ah. I gotta do what I gotta do, and then we'll figure this thing out later?
3: Yeah, yeah, no, we definitely weren't pulling back. And even now when we spar, like it gets intense, like it gets you you competitive. don't pull back with us even when we spar now. So <laughs> it's is funny, there it's
0: rules?
1: Actually-
3: is there
0: a
1: is rule there, a, is there rules like you know you guys are married so I mean obviously there's discussions you got little tips you know like this and this so is there a rule that you guys won't spar each other the day that you guys maybe had an argument earlier in the day?
3: Well, we try not to spar with each other because of that because it gets really intense like it's just <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's
2: are
3: competitive and sometimes will she'll, she'll just she'll get mad because i hit her so then she'll do something dirty and then i'll get mad because she does something dirty wow
1: so my last question uh, regarding that and my last question for you because we want to let you get your rest is have you got you know you took your wife's undefeated record I and mean, she was five and oh she you beat her so you took her oh did Have you guys discussed that and kind of, like, gone past that? And she said, you know what? You really hurt my feelings when you took my O, or it's something that just happened and you guys <laughs> never talked about it again.
3: Uh, no, she never really mentioned that. And she's she's taken a lot of tough fights. Like, my, the fight after me, she fought Layla McCarter. And she fought a lot of big oh. games after after she fought me. And actually, she's fighting on Saturday. She's fighting the day after me. So she's also in Quebec City right now. Getting ready to weigh in tomorrow, wow,
1: that's awesome, so that's gonna be yeah, uh, it's gonna be a little bit interesting because I'm sure that she's worried about you and she's gonna be before her fight, and then you're worried yeah. about about her, but it's gonna be um in the fight afterwards, so that's gonna that's gonna be interesting yeah. well, uh Jessica, we wish you all the luck tomorrow. We wish you that everything goes um the may the better women win and but everybody comes out of that ring healthy mm-hmm. and on their own accord and um and we'll be in touch and thank you for being with us and hopefully it's not the last time.
3: Thank you for having me guys.
1: Bye. Bye. Have a good, Bye. Night. Good, night. good night. Good night. Good night. And there you have it for me, Jessica the Cobra Camaro who is from Montreal, Canada and is gonna be taking on uh Heather Hardy when what she mentioned is the biggest fight of her career. And it's going to be all live tomorrow from Tennessee on UFC Fight Pass. I think it's only like 10 bucks, right, David and Lupe? Yeah. yeah. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, you can stay on and watch the fight uh, tomorrow, tomorrow night. Not only that, but we'll give you the whole rundown of the fights that are going to happen um, in that fight card uh, tomorrow, later on in our upcoming calendar. So moving on to uh, the other piece of our fight chatter. Promoter Lou De Bella insists that the much anticipated face-off between current undisputed lightweight champion Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano will happen in 2022. De Bella mentions Serrano wants to unify the 126-pound division before she moves up and faces Katie Taylor. In the 120-pound division, Amanda Serrano holds two belts, which is the WBO and the WBC world titles, while... I'll tell you who the other two champs are. Erica Cruz, who just won uh, the title of Delena Maranovic, holds the WBA, and Sarah Mafuda of Denmark, who's undefeated at 10-0, holds the IBF title. David, do you think that if it happens in 2022, it's way past its um, expiration date, or do you think that it would still be a big fight?
2: I think it's going to be a huge fight. I think uh, anybody that wrote up uh, Amanda's being uh afraid, uh, realized when she took care of Daniela Bermudez that she is the real deal. Lupi, do you think
1: that in, she needs to unify those titles for it to be as big as a fight as David mentions, or Amanda Serrano with two belts, the WBO and the WBC at featherweight is big enough?
0: I think it's big enough, but the more belts, the merrier. But after, because after Amanda's last performance with Daniela Bermudez, I mean, Katie's not the only one who continues to evolve in her boxing. I was impressed after Amanda's fight. It was very exciting. So bring on the super fight. The more belts, the merrier.
1: I do agree with your Mm -hmm. statement, David, because I believe that if, um, I think that that fight between Amanda Serrano and Daniela Bermudez, although in my eyes, not a Full on competitive fight because it was um, there's a eight pound difference in weight categories. I mean, we gotta be honest. Amanda Serrano, even though she has gone down as as light as 115, she only was there for one fight, won the title, and then left it vacant. Um, and she's done. She's done it the same at 118, but her real weight class is between 126 and 130. So, so. Daniela Bermudez going up to 126 to face her, there was a little bit of a weight advantage for Amanda Serrano, but that doesn't take away the fact that she did face a fellow pound-for-pound top-ten fighter in Daniela Bermudez. But the fact that it was on Ring City and NBC Sports and there was a much wider audience that Amanda Serrano's uh, last number of fights, I don't think that she had an audience that big since she fought on Showtime Extreme. I do believe that that would help it make it um, bigger, but Amanda Serrano um, does have other plans. I mean, I think she's fighting soon, uh, MMA in Mexico, and I believe that for her to ride that wave, we would have to sing her at least one more time in Ring City or of a platform that big if we're going to have to wait until 2022 for that fight, David.
2: Yeah, yeah, that exposure was, oh, that was a million dollars worth of exposure. I mean, you can't you really can't buy that then. The whole world saw what she can do. She was at her best, and they saw her skill. Her skill set was off the charts. I mean, even I hadn't seen her do that kind of stuff because usually she blows, girls out. She's just so good. But she was able to show off everything, and, and Bermuda's a skill too, but she just made her look like she was in a whole different level. So do you think,
1: Lupi, that... If she doesn't get on a big platform soon, not soon, but before the end of 2021, that she might lose that steam of what she got in her last fight against Bermuda? You mean lose her
0: steam personally or lose her steam with the fans?
1: With the fans, with the boxing public.
0: Mm, I don't think so, because I think um, it really, that was such a good fight that I think people are, they really want to see. I don't think she loses anything. I mean, she's got an MMA fight coming up you know and she is now her co-manager is uh pearl gonzalez which is a really um big face in and mma and i think that's gonna really draw more attention to amanda so i don't i i i don't think it's a long time to wait
1: but is pearl gonzalez her manager only in the mma right i mean jordan maldonado yeah, taking co-managing. care of, of the boxing.
0: yeah co-managing for mma only but it's gonna bring okay. more eyeballs to amanda it, it'll bring more eyeballs to her pearls very popular
1: what what platform is that mma fight going to be on Um, where's that where's that broadcast i think it's icon i've never heard of it
0: yeah she's making her date amanda's making her debut on icon fighting federation
1: but is there is that a channel or what where is that going to be broadcast like if somebody wants to watch it where would that be
0: that's a good question i don't know has it been
1: Nobody knows? Oh, it.
0: UFC Fight Pass. Okay, it's on UFC Fight
1: oh, okay. Pass as well. Oh, there you go. Mexico, oh, that's pretty Puerto
0: good. Rico versus Mex- yeah, and they're bu- building it up as Puerto Rico versus Mexico, and, you know, it'll be her third MMA fight. So I think I, I think 2022
1: is okay for her. Well, there you have it. Now, before we move on to our upcoming, upcoming calendar, a little bit of the amateur scene, because this week it was who is actually going to go to the Olympics in Tokyo uh, later on this year, I think it's going to be. So it's not the whole – not everybody that we expected and not the whole USA boxing team uh, uh, as far as females are concerned. Go ahead, Lupe, tell us who are the females that are going, one, and two. Why was it them and not others?
0: Okay, so it was due to the international rankings. Since COVID hit and, you know, the qualifiers were canceled, um, they just had to look and see who was ranked. And the ones that were ranked, um, we have the team captain, Naomi Graham, uh, the 165 from North Carolina. Uh, O'Shea Jones is the 152 out of Ohio. Uh, Rashida Ellis, the 132 out of Massachusetts. And Ginny Fuchs, um, the 112 out of Texas. That's the team. That leaves us with the 125, and that is, unfortunately, Andrea Medina out of California does not have any ranking, and um, she made her announcement, I don't know if you guys saw it today, um, that it was the end of her amateur career.
1: Mm-hmm. So, I don't understand um, this whole amateur thing, so how, mm-hmm. how is it that she's not ranking? I mean, um, she's a number
0: one 125? What's that? Um no, uh, Lupe Gutierrez was the 125 um, number one and the, the 2020 national champion. So when, so how there, it's international rankings. So it's just um, international competitions, and she just didn't have the international experience um, before before the national trials is what it comes down to. I mean, there's also like we have two guys. Um, that qualified. So we have more women that qualified for the team and, and two guys which is um, the heavyweight Richard Torres and Delante Tiger Johnson's the 152 but today Duke Regan who's a pro and he's 4-0 and all of his fights were in 2020 he just announced that he is one of three current U.S. pros that qualified to go to the 2021 Olympics. So we'll see there which brings us to who out of the females in the 125 is it, there might be somebody that qualifies the rumor is pro Makaya krepp um has a ranking as well as uh yarosel ramirez but so we'll, if you have to see that there might be some pros that will qualify you know and we all know how i feel about that mm-hmm. but you know what we got to do what we got to do to get united states you
1: know to well, the So as a pro, as a pro fighter, you don't get dropped from the amateur rank, international rankings? Oh, because they're allowing amateur, they're allowing pros.
0: Yeah, because Duke Regan, all his pro fights were in 2020. So after the Olympic trials, he, which is 2019, he probably didn't make the cut, and he goes, "Well, I'm going pro," like most of them do. But his rankings still stand because there was a COVID year and everything was frozen, so he's still in that ranking. So I've yet to see who the other two are and who's going to be the 125. So there's more to
1: wow.
0: see what happens. I know it's so crazy. It's kind of
2: it's really, it's really the confusing. ups and downs
0: for these poor, and for the fighters. The ups and downs, you know, the roller coaster ride <laughs> for somebody like Andrea Medina. I mean.
1: You know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I we saw ever- her I thought actually I can read I can read her whole statement right now, which is really interesting. I I mean obviously I've stated it before here. I've known Andrea for a long time, um, since she was very, very young. And we all here in our community because she lives like right across the border, we follow her um uh, her journey. But I found it very interesting, uh, what she stated today. So let me um let me read that for you guys real quick. Um, let me see here. That's not it. Uh, she posted it in her purse. Okay, so <clears throat> sad to announce that my Olympic journey has come. To- this is cool. Sad to announce that my Olympic journey has come to an end. With the Olympic qualifiers getting canceled, and left everything up to rankings as some of my other teammates, and I will not be able to go to Tokyo. Competing at the Olympic Games has been my ultimate goal since I started boxing, and I really do not do not know what's next for me right now. I would say that this is the end of my amateur career, and I think I had a pretty awesome run. I have to think about a lot of things with my dad slash coach, Mr. Juan Medina. Excuse me put that. I, I know his name. And family. But just know that I thank all of my friends, my family, friends, and fans that have always supported me through everything. I really could not have done any of this without you. So that is the statement from uh, Andrea Medina. And – I mean, it is to be expected that she's going to go pro. Um, we'll see in what weight at 126 or a little bit higher, 130. I don't know if she's going to go down to 122, but obviously she will be making that amount sometime in the future. Before we move on to the upcoming um, calendar, any uh, any other uh, fight chatter that any of you guys want to share with us or or and, and with the uh, uh, public
2: Mm-mm. Not yet no. Not yet no. no, not yet
1: Okay, now one thing that, that is not Fight Shadow or anything, but there is a rumor out there And it has not been made official Is the possible fight between Mikaele Mayer and Eric Farias Which we actually talked about last show But nothing has become official of that, right? Nothing, nothing not
2: has official has a Okay, perfect
1: all right, so before uh, let's move on to our our upcoming calendar, which is not that um, extensive, but there is some fights starting to it tomorrow from Poland. Friend of the show Ewa Piakowska, will taking on Judy Wakuzzi in a six rounder at 140 pounds, and obviously this Friday from Tennessee on UFC Fight Pass, Heather Hardy takes on our guest from tonight, Jessica the Cobra Camara, in an eight rounder at 135 pounds. Melissa St. Ville takes on Olivia Garula. Have they faced each other again? I mean, I know that Olivia Garula pretty much fights anybody, but have Melissa St. and Olivia Garula fought each other? I think they have, haven't they? No. No, I don't
2: they think so. wow. I don't think so. I don't
1: think so. And that's going to be at 135 pounds. Um, we have Stevie Jane Coleman in a pro debut against Kelsey Wickstrom in a six-rounder at a Welterweight. And the other fight that was supposed to happen, but it seems like it's not happening, is the person that was mentioned a couple of minutes ago as a possible amateur fighter in Olympic, Mikaela Krebs, who actually Drew Devella mentioned her on our show a couple of um, shows ago, that he signed her, would be, was going to take on Alex Love, but I think Krebs came overweight, Loopy.
0: Yeah, I believe so. How, how much As overweight
2: did you come said in? Said that out they're out loud, not it it allowed in the fight. Confirmed.
0: Yeah, uh. it hasn't been confirmed or said out loud, but yeah, I think it's going that way.
1: So they have not stated of why the fight was not. It's not going to happen, but they did state it's not going to happen.
0: Yeah, I know. I heard this from somebody. So I don't know if it's been said, if it's been announced.
2: Oh.
0: Uh. I don't know. Have you guys have you seen anything, David? But I, I. No,
2: nothing yet. Nothing official. Okay. okay.
0: And um, if I can just say Kelsey Wickstrom, they're both making her debut. That's going to be a really good fight. Kelsey is, um, she's from over here in Northern California, and she's one of our beautiful Brawlers champions, and she trains um, with the Brawlers from time to time when she can get over from Reading. So that'll be a good one. We
1: have it. Walter Week. Yes,
0: it'll be a Walter.
1: Well, there you have it, folks. Our Episode number 110, we want to thank Jessica the Cobra Camaro, who actually made history here on our show by being the first uh, fighter to call in after the weigh-in and the night before their fight. And uh, we'll be watching that UFC Fight Pass uh, pay-per-view card tomorrow, which is only $10 for, well, three, maybe four female bouts on that card. Um, we will be on the show again on May 27th talking about those fights and anything else regarding female boxing and more than likely we'll have a special guest on that show. So with that said from the Mr David Avila and Ms. Lupe Gutierrez, we wish you good night. Good night everybody. Good
2: night. Good night everybody.